1: Welcome in to the DMVR Draft Pod, presented as always by Natures of Colorado, the Northeastern Colorado Dispensary, providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. Remember to use our code DMVR only um, online or mention DMVR in stores and drive throughs. All right, we're doing it. Back to an audio version as everyone's at the Super Bowl. Um, lots of great guests, lots of amazing content throughout the network. So check that out. Lots of amazing content from my guy Justin Michael here, always on the Ram stuff and uh glad to do this today. A little all star game roundup. J Mike, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I mean, I kind of feel like we're the redheaded stepchildren. You know, everybody's out playing at the Super Bowl and we're like, you know, the orphans left behind. But yeah. There's work to be done, and I'm I'm just kidding. I'm I'm doing great, man. It's it's been good. Ton of college basketball action. You know, fun weekend coming up. So I'm doing great, and it was fun to dive into. uh, You know, a lot of this All Star action. Some of the CSU guys are getting love. Some G Five guys I like getting love. It's gonna be fun to just kind of talk about all this. We're in the we're in the heart of it now.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think part of My fascination with the draft is obviously the evaluations and all the football talk it leads to. But what I really love about this podcast is the kind of linear ability to follow how guys are rising and falling throughout the college football season and then throughout the draft process, which is always fascinating because we go through a full college career of evaluations and then a couple practices an all-star game performance a couple plays um and and a guy's stock can be completely derailed some measurements you know what have you so while the all-star game circuit is important it can always be a little over evaluated and we've got our own notes and we also went off of kind of the latest rankings mocks around the internet webs a little survey of sorts that we did um To kind of see what the biggest trends are coming out of the Senior Bowl, coming out of the Shrine game and going from there and talking about some new risers, some new fallers, some new, uh, you know, rankings that might be available and what this might mean for the Broncos and this draft class at large. So uh, that's kind of the setup here for this episode. And then next week, before you know it, we got to start getting into position previews and we're doing the full the full shebang. We're here, dude. I'm excited. Let's get going. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to start with two guys who I really thought came out of Mobile as, uh, I mean, surefire winners. One is Jackson Powers Johnson, the center for Oregon, who just had some incredible practices. And then Quinone Mitchell, the uh, Toledo cornerback, who we talked about in last week's episode after just a couple practices. It seems both are seen as kind of set and forget first rounders, even if maybe second half of the first round. Do we agree with both of these guys? I'm sure with Mitchell, the answer is easy for you, J. Mike. So you can start there. But then uh, I want to get your thoughts on the Oregon Center.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've made it clear. I think Mitchell's the top two corner I think he's firmly in the conversation for cornerback one, even as, and that's as much as I like Terry and Arnold. So I, yeah, I know that that's a little bit higher than, than some people think, but for him, I don't even think it's a question. And we're, we're starting to see some of that catch on. I think the other day, uh, McShay was mentioning him as a potential cornerback one option. So it, it's starting to become a little bit more popular of a national, uh, opinion and, and you know, JPJ, he's a guy that I, I got kind of gotten turned on from Jake and and you just that Oregon run game, but he's a mauler man. And, yeah. and when you can see what he does in pass protection, his anchor, you know, his base is just really mm-hmm. solid throwing guys to the side, but where he's really fun to watch is where he's, you know, like getting out to the second level and just taking yeah. dudes out 15 yards down the field. Yeah. And how would you
1: feel about a center going round one? That's always a tricky one. You need some high end guys to justify that. I will say this though, about JPJ before you can answer the question I just posed you, he has started for two years at Oregon. And I mean, his uh, last year, obviously started at center. The year prior was starting mostly at guard and you could see those reps. He got at guard too at the senior bowl. I thought he looked better at right guard than he did at left guard. And honestly, man, in a lot of ways, he reminds me of Quentin Nelson, like just that stocky wide build, super powerful, but also very athletic, very good at moving and executing at the second level, um, you know, a bit of a badass, like with a competitive edge. I think he's a little younger than Nelson was when he was coming out. But um,
0: obviously, I might even like that more, income. though. He's only like 21 years old, I think. So 100
1: percent. And that versatility, I think, changes the proposition to where he's more than just a center. And I mean, I think that's a big part of his appeal.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's worth a first round pick. I don't know if I would invest, you know, a Quentin Nelson type, you know, draft yeah. capital in him. Top or 10. Even but
1: the Broncos 12th pick, right?
0: Yeah, that's a little rich for me. I like him a lot. But he's a guy where if if you want him, you could trade back and land him and, and add, you know, more talent to it. Team that needs to add a lot of talent, so I'd be about it. But I'm, I'm with you. That versatility, the ability to pull—he's just guys. And and I say this a lot, but you just shouldn't be able to move like that when you're that big. He's got the length. He's so strong. I think he might be even quicker than Nelson, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's impressive
1: is um he's one of those guys who's obviously a mauler, obviously a tone setter. You talked about him in the organ. Uh, run game but then you you see him in one-on-ones and you see how well he moves and then on top of that he's got his anchor he's got this competitive edge he really wants to finish guys into the ground he's impressive I've realized that like every couple of drafts one of my hot takes is that like a center is actually a top 20 player so I'm trying not to fall into that trap but um, he is one of those rare prospects that kind of fits that bill right there. And Mitchell is just, he just checks off so many boxes. I mean, his technique and the ability to kind of, um, you know, really dictate the leverage on and, you know, run routes for wide receivers really stood out in the senior bowl and one-on-ones. Uh, he's just got such a quick um, quickness and twitch to him. That is obviously a huge skill in being able to cover in man. He's got plenty of size and length. You've talked about the ball skills in previous episodes and how competitive he is after the catch. He's got adequate physicality. Do they think he's not too physical, too handsy, too grabby? Um, We saw him move well in, uh, in press, you know, so he just checked off a lot of boxes, obviously for a smaller school prospect, this counts a lot more than it does for others. Um, as you said, I think he's firmly in that cornerback one conversation and that conversation. he's going to have to run
0: well at the combine. He does. That was back, the one knock against the... him that people, you know, people are like, oh, is, you know, is he going to have that top end speed to keep up with, mm-hmm. you know, some of these elite receivers. And he ran really well at the senior bowl and the reps that I could see. So that was very yeah. encouraging, but yeah, he, he's going to, if he's going to go as high as I think he is, you know, capable of going, he's going to have to test really well because, Arnold and and Kool-Aid McKinstry are just athletic freaks. And those guys will both definitely run like four fours, if not four threes. So you you gotta, you're going to have to like eliminate any potential doubt, but that dude's just a dog out there. And I, especially for a a fit like Denver where you have PS2 on the opposite side, Mm -hmm. I do just like a guy that isn't scared to get thrown at. And that's a lot of the same things we said about Terry and Arnold. And I think they're kind of similar prospects to be honest, you know, very aggressive, great ball skills, don't shy away from coming up and make a tackle, although I like uh, Arnold as an open field tackler a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just into both of them, man. They're, they're they're very intriguing. Arnold used
1: to be a safety, too, who uh, converted from safety at Alabama to corner. So that physicality definitely is a, is a big trait. That's a plus for him. And yeah, I mean, I just think he's done a little more to where you do feel better about him than Kool-Aid. Nate Wiggins is a little light, you know. You 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 like that about Mitchell. Mitchell has more more physicality to his game, which is obviously really big in the NFL, especially if you're going to be challenged and thrown to a lot. JPJ, we talked about, you know, my propensity to overrate um interior offensive linemen centers from time to time. I try to not do it with guards. I think guards can be overrated sometimes, but centers, I I kind of go. The I think centers way. are
0: underrated sometimes, yes, though. I do too. I
1: do too. And like frankly when I did this with Creed Humphrey I was completely justified. Um the way he has what he brings to that Chiefs offense and what he brought to that Oklahoma offense has really translated. Um and Fuaga, Taliasi Fuaga, the Oregon State right tackle I think in a lot of ways has that power profile that a JPJ has, has that balance and um you know what I said about JPJ tone setter, guy who, like, you, Oregon State really ran behind him. They had an outstanding season, and, you know, he was a tone setter. He was a guy who would just, it's the old boa constrictor analogy. The Beavers could run behind him, and by the fourth quarter, he was wearing you out and leaning on you and really finishing you, and, again, a tone setter in the true set of the word. But then for a guy like that to show as well in one-on-ones, as he did in Mobile, is a massive plus. And maybe unsurprisingly, he seems to have entered the offensive tackle two conversation now, um, which Olufashanu Joe Alt were set and forget the top two tackles in this class. Now that order has been flipped, Justin, to where it's Joe Alt, fashanu and it's Fashanu who's having to compete with a guy like Fuaga for the second offensive tackle spot off the board. There's obviously a lot of other offensive tackles we talked about in the last episode. Tyler Guyton, Amarius Mims, uh, Kingsley Sumatatia, the BYU guy, uh, the Washington guy who might have to convert inside. There are a lot of offensive tackles. Patrick Paul out of Houston, Javon Foster out of Missouri. And yet, Fuaga's is getting some top 10 buzz now. Does that surprise you? How do you feel about this? Because if we're talking... OT two uh, range, we're talking a guy who would get consideration for the Broncos at twelfth overall.
0: I mean, he's a mauler in the run game. He feels very Sean Payton esque. He's got, you know, length for days, a massive frame. I'm, I'm intrigued. A right tackle as offensive tackle too, I think, is worth a debate when you have a couple of potential, I think, really good left tackle prospects. But I get I get what people like about him. And obviously I think the the one on one reps were what were huge for him, right? Because mm-hmm. you knew he was going to be able to get to that next level and mall in the open field. But you knew you could run behind him. I think what he showed this week was really encouraging regarding his pass protection abilities, but I I would have a little bit of hesitation because I also bring up, you know, just prospect fatigue with guys like Fashanu and Joe Alt, who yeah, we, we've just seen such a large sample size with those dudes in game now that I still feel pretty confident those are my top two tackles. Yeah, I wonder with Fashanu how
1: much maybe subconsciously even he's slipping a bit because to me, just frame wise, he, he reminds me of Ike Ikuanu, the mm-hmm. North Carolina State guy that has really not worked out. Um, in Carolina where, you know, maybe everyone's not working out in Carolina and that's just a tough offensive setting to succeed in topic for another day. Um, but yeah, uh, Fuaga's really interesting. I come Do away like with at the 12? same thing at 12. Look, so he has that power and anchor that that taller frame of Mike McGlinchy just doesn't have. McGlinchey, you got to remember, he's coming from San Francisco. His early success in his NFL careers, coming in a zone blocking scheme, and so it's a bit of an odd fit in this power Parcellsian Sean Payton type of scheme. And the last few years, for whatever reason, McGlinchy's kind of regressed, and that anchor has really been an issue. You would cure both those problems and kind of upgrade your run blocking with Fuaga. Now Fuaga has the length it's not overwhelming length like it's just right within the 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 requirements he might be a super duper guard more than an elite right tackle maybe more of a bigger right than right his tackle. measurements to me on the I, field well i mean shit he plays bigger <laughs> let's let's be honest um but you know those measurements don't lie like if you think you're getting someone like Dua jones the mountain of a man who had a great season with the Browns as a rookie yeah. think again like he's more of an average sized guy I think it'd be I we could get behind it there's a narrative to sell it's a tone setting pick right it's an identity pick
0: do you, do you like it more under the understanding that this team is not gonna throw the ball well next year no matter who's at quarterback and if they're gonna be even remotely competitive as an offense they're going to have to run the hell out of the football
1: I mean I think that's the case regardless of who's starting at right tackle and I think you do want a right tackle that you can lean into and run behind and that's the same with your run guard right guard
0: and you well, know, you yeah want... but I just mean like right now like would you take him over McGlinchey game one next year oh I would I would I, I think he's an upgrade
1: over McGlinchey I do too I, I just I see very few scenarios where he feels like the best player available at 12, even if that's with the caveat of best player available at a position of need for the Denver Broncos, right? Which is really yeah. the exercise we're doing. I mean,
0: because you're gonna have at least three quarterbacks, you're gonna have a couple edges that go like Yeah. You're gonna have probably most of
1: the top corners. You might have some really intriguing talent um at the pass catching positions. I just don't know. Um, So I am a bit taken aback, let's say, for lack of better terms, when I see him in the top 12 in mocks and in draft rankings, because I think very high floor prospect. uh, That ceiling, though, would be among the lowest of any guys drafted in the top 15. And that would concern me.
0: Well, and it's, it's not a pick that gets the, the people going by any means, you know, gets <laughs> no, any excitement. <laughs> no, it is not, J. Michael. Right tackle, hard
1: to sell sometimes, for sure. And it'll be interesting. You know what's not hard to sell, though? Go ahead.
0: Ice cold Breck Brew, baby.
1: Damn straight. Yeah, now's tis the season, man. It's that kind of weekend where. We might be snowed in and you want to load up, you want to go to the beer locator, find the Breck Brew near you and uh, have yourself a nice little weekend by the fire and a nice little sixer of Breck Brew's dream rotation Breck Brew's this weekend by
0: the fire. Ooh, great question. You got to have avalanche amber ale yes, just for, yes. you know, that classic by the fire. Maybe I'm having exactly. a burger with it. Exactly. Uh, probably going to mix it up a little bit uh, on top of that. I, I've been a big mountain beach guy, but I think I want some strawberry sky in the, in Bang. the snow. Bang. Hell yeah.
1: I'm with and you on the first to pick.
0: Pop it off. Hmm. That's... I think I got to go hot peak just so that we have a nice Ooh, little variety cool. there. You know, That's get a, a little bit, variety. get a little bit toasty at the, at the end of the oh, night, hopefully yeah. celebrating a Rams win.
1: I uh, check out that. the Breck
0: beer locator though. It, they really are the best. They've been doing it for 33 years. All comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Uh, they've been with us since the beginning. We've got a ton of love for Breck brew. I love Breck brew. You love Breck brew. We all love Breck brew. Uh, what Thanks, we also sir. all love is a great deal. And nobody is hooking it up like the homies at Natures of Colorado. They are my presenting sponsor over on the Rams pod. They are the presenting sponsor of this here draft pod. And they are the premier dispo in Northeastern Colorado. Uh, four convenient locations, Log Lane Village, Garden City, Sedgwick, and Milliken. Natures of Colorado is the go-to dispo. Check out some of these deals, including $99 ounce every day. If you use that code DNVR, though you get 15 bucks off. So $85 an ounce on any shelf. You can get a top shelf ounce. What a deal. Exquisite extracts, two gram bucket for 15. Remember to use that code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores, visit a location and take advantage of these natures of Colorado deals. Nicely done. Love that. Um, Yeah.
1: I'm going to be back and forth on the JPJ Fuaga thing. Because Fuaga's position's more valuable, but honestly, I kind of see him in the same range. Like, that's just where it is. And maybe the Fuaga. Oh, that's a good question. Right? They're maulers. They're probably better inside than they are outside. Positional versatility is their biggest thing. JPJ might be younger and I think has the higher upside given his position. Because, yeah, I could see him being a top five center, I could see him being a top 10 right guard. Fuaga's ceiling, I think, is more. Top I'm with 12, you. I think Fuaga. It's right a nice, now.
0: you know, it's a nice floor. I, I do think he can come in and be a competent NFL player. Mm-hmm. JPJ feels like a guy. If things hit under the right circumstances, as, as you mentioned, is you know maybe an All Pro at at, at his spot. So I, I don't. It's just hard at the the way he gets to the second level from the inside. How he can just shuck a dude yeah. and then all of a sudden he's six yards down the field just taking a linebacker out as that running back hits the next level with a guy like you know Javante Williams I mean it it just yeah. it's very very interesting I know um
1: in fact like not to derail the pod but I, I do think you know obviously there's scenarios where guys dropped you but The ideal scenario is moving down and being able to get two guys in the JPJ-Quinnon-Mitchell range. Oh,
0: 100%. I mean, that's the dream scenario. If you can land one of these corners and get, or even, I mean, if you land Fuaga, like, early second round or, like, late first round, you know, if Mm -hmm. you traded back, I think you feel a little bit better about that than you do, you know, at 12. Right.
1: Another um, Broncos candidate we've kind of talked about in that 12th range for a while, UCLA's Letulatu, the uh, great edge rusher, Um, feels like he's kind of fallen. You know, didn't have a bad week, had a good week. We talked about his measurements and how that could have hurt him in the last episode. And just in looking at these rankings, seems like he's fallen a little. And look, I get it to a certain extent. We talk about anchor trains. What's that trait you bang the table on? For him, it's probably just his motor, his competitive spirit. Well, you're not using a top 12 pick on a guy who's, that's his biggest selling point. You know, if length isn't elite, the bend is good. It's not elite, though. The first step, good, not elite. But, you know, the power, it's good. It's not elite.
0: So the more I watched him, and I like him a lot, but I had I I thought about this because, and I know his medicals are obviously a big factor in this That's as well. That's thing. probably the the yeah. biggest reason he's falling. But I don't know if he is that much better of a prospect than Mo Camara, who I love and I think is you know a top seventy five pick. I've said it a bunch, but they're both dudes that are relentless. I think Mo's faster. Mo ran a four six four forty at the Shrine Bowl. Like he. He's moving. Mm-hmm. Mo's got better length, I think, with his arms. Um, mm-hmm. I'd have to check that on the measurement, but I like Law a lot. I don't know if his ceiling is quite as high as some of these other freaks. Like, at, you yep. just look at a guy like Jared Verse and his his size and the way he can move, or even what we've seen out of Will Anderson, who I have, or I'm uh, Dallas Turner, who I have my own, mm-hmm. you know, qualms about. I think he's a great player, but there there's just moments where he disappeared. But um, yeah, yep, yeah. I worry. Yeah, that I don't know. I like best... Latu, but I don't think he's uh, edge one anymore. And that that was after a, a week of reflection because he's a player I enjoyed watching as as much as anybody in the country this year. But I for gotta sure. set the the heart aside from like the okay, but like what are we looking for here? That's exactly
1: right. Sometimes the tape, sometimes the season can be so exhilarating. It's hard to knock a guy. But that's what these evaluations have taught me is like if you try to cheat the process if you try to give some guys passes that you're not willing to give, grant others, you get yourself in trouble. And that's where I'm starting to get a little squeamish with Law to at least as like a set and forget home run pick for like the Broncos at 12, you know, um, I'm
0: kind of that way with all these edge guys, though, like I like yes. them all. I don't know yep. if I love any of them. That's
1: exactly right. And I think the point you made on Kamara is very interesting. I was having that same debate in my head with Jonah Ellis of Utah, where it's like, yeah, if we're just, if motor's what I'm buying, then is that really a better, at 12, a better deal than like, I don't know, Ellis at like 55, you know? Um, and yeah, who is edge one? Because you're right. I feel like that myself. Jared Verse feels very Bradley Chubb-esque, where he's a bit of a... um good at everything but master of none and Dallas Turner okay what's his anchor trait is it his ability in pursuit which is his athleticism and maybe his raw potential that probably is and that's that's it, the I think it's his play. athletic
0: profile yeah. I mean it is versatility I think he's a guy that you yeah. has the ability to do a lot but again I think he is kind of similar to where it. it's like yes he does a lot of things well but you know, I I don't think he rushes the passer as well as Will Anderson did the year before. Um mm-hmm. he improved and he got better as an outside rusher, especially as as the year went on. But he doesn't have like, you know, he didn't dominate the games in a way that like Bosa did or, you know, something yep. like that. Um yep. and he had a great season. I don't know. <laughs> is a better, better numbers than I even would have guessed, you know, just from having watched a a ton of Bama, but he had like 14 and a half tackles for loss and 10 sacks. So Mm -hmm. it feels like I'm nitpicking, but again, I just don't feel like there were moments where he took over the the game in a way that you would want your, your number one edge, you know, and especially with the way we've seen some of these guys being able to come out and immediately translate, but like Hutchinson, the says all those dudes were way more consistently dominant than yeah. any of these guys have been.
1: Different tier, different level. You're exactly right. Even Miles Garrett coming out off year at A&M, different tier, different level. Um, and yeah, so there's a bit of buyer beware at the edge position, even though that's a, a spot where it feels like 12 is where the value starts to line up for that edge one. Dallas Turner... I love how you posted it. I'd say this. He, he reminds me of some of the defensive line prospects we've seen come out of Georgia, the last two draft past two draft cycles where it's like, Oh yeah. I mean, in another system where there's not all this depth and you're not, you know, you could really buy that upside, but it's like, mm, how, how have the Nolan Smiths and the, the walkers turned out, you know, those guys.
0: He's, he's good. Like I like him a lot. I just, I don't think he's going to be like this generational edge rusher that completely changes the the tone of your defense. And if that you're taking him at 12, that's what you're hoping for.
1: Yeah. you need blue maybe on the defensive front period? And that's the concern. If you're using a pick at 12, who of these guys, do you feel confident is that? And I think the answer, 12, right now, I don't that know, know if Noah. it's any of them. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see, you know, there's nothing like a four or five flat from a 255 pound edge to force us to re watch the tape and reconsider someone's, uh, you know, ceiling. Where are you at on Chop Robinson? Chop's because you guy, liked him early on. I love Chop. He started off the season great, Injury slowed him down to where he didn't get continuity. Um, I'm sure, like most of those Penn State guys, he'll run some just insane time. What's the length? Because he seems a little smaller. Um, and and that opens up concerns as a run defender. He he feels like more of a pure stand-up edge. But I like him. I like the size, leverage, some of the flashes of uh, bend he's shown. But he's going to be a tough one to justify top 12. Unless he just murders the combine. Which honestly has been part for the course for uh, Penn State edges the last few years. So. Far be it for a me Penn to,
0: State track. Something's different out there.
1: <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And I mean, what's crazy is that's translated in in uh, in Indy a lot of times, too. Quarterback notes, any um, standouts for you, Bo Nix? You know, did he show enough? The book on Bo Nix during the senior bowl was not great. Shaky in practices, started to show more, especially in the red zone drills. And that's where he saw him look his best. In the game was the red zone drill. Got it out quick. You know, um, I thought he looked okay in the game, but this is an older prospect who's trying to consolidate himself as a top
0: fifteen pick. I'm not sure we're there. I get the injury risk and all that. It sucks that these guys play two series. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just I don't. The game, you know, an hour of Sam Hartman was not for the enjoyment Dude. of anybody, but. <laughs> And even the I, one-on-one um, receiver cornerback drills, yeah. so many of those throws just sucked, man. It was not a good quarterback. Group. No. I, I know amazing. Rattler had a couple of nice moments and he had the nice throw in the game, but I've, dude, I've watched him for four years. I, I don't care if he had a couple of moments in one-on-ones. You just, 100%. you can't, you can't sell me on it. And I'm kind of the same way with Nick's at this point. I'm just, I'm, I'm at where I'm at with him. I think he'd be a, Intriguing mid round, you know, guy that you bring in and maybe he pops, maybe he doesn't. But the idea that he is just going to elevate his game and make these throws that we just haven't seen him make over a four year sample size now, it it seems like fool's gold to me. And I I know the Oregon offense was a whole lot of fun to watch, but as we saw in like some of those practice situations, like he just consistently left a lot of throws short i don't know i Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i just think
0: you're counting on a lot of growth that would be tough to to bank on as like a top 15 player
1: yeah there's uh there was a lot he showed so much decisiveness at oregon and just mastering that offense and if that's your anchor trait mm, in a different offense you know Quarterback wise, Talia Takovailoa, Shrine, really, really did some stuff, man. And um honestly, he he reminds me more of like, you know, uh discount discount version Kyler than he does uh
0: his brother. Um he's thicker for sure, and he can run around
1: a little bit. Yeah, he's he's fun. He's uh he's very intriguing. Definitely a guy that
0: he's if, a guy I wish that we would wouldn't have just been irrelevant at maryland like it's unfortunate and i know that him and loxley have the great relationship and all that but like even if yeah. he could have been like it never quite know, even like nc state or something we would have saw more than we see him playing for maryland yeah it, it did not work out it did not work out he was highly
1: recruited it did not work out he tried to stay in school and get another year Uh, didn't
0: happen for. I think he should do it anyways. Just show up. What's (laughs) NCAA gonna do? Just, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm taking golf and you know, recreation management
1: would be a fun developmental prospect for Sean Payne.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I would enjoy. Um, and always a guy I've kind of rooted for and thought had some very intriguing tools. I thought from the rankings, we also saw some people who maybe didn't attend the All Star Game circuit j mike but either benefited or were hurt stock wise by this and the first guy that stands out to me is a texas's Jatavion sanders i thought he really consolidated his stock as tight end too there were a lot of the top tight ends not named brock bowers or sanders at these all-star game circuits i'm sure you'll have some Dallin holker notes for us but Honestly, pretty underwhelming class, especially the guys we saw at the Senior Bowl. Theo Johnson, Jared Wiley of TCU had their moments, but we had some guys stay in school like the Iowa kid. Um, And yeah, it's just a class that doesn't have a ton of depth. And Sanders, given all his tools as a receiving threat, the Texas tight end, I think has really helped his stock and is solidly in that top 40, because if you want a tight end, it's either Bowers or him. And I wonder after the photo of Brock Bowers next to Gronkowski going viral, and let's face it, Bowers' biggest concern is going to be that size. How much could things open up and there be a tight end one conversation come the combine if Bowers is like 6'4", 230?
0: I think he'll still be tight end one just because the the film at this point, he's so ver- like, he's such a polished pass catcher. He runs well, yeah. he blocks well. And I mean, he did it in the SEC. So I know he got banged up this past year, but I, I, I'm not tripping over it. I, I even mentioned, you know, a couple weeks ago, as, as much as I love Bowers and I, I do think he's one of the, like top 10 most talented just football players coming out of this. I do think it's hard to potentially justify a top 10 pick on him. Just it's a hard yeah. position to make an impact right away. Like we, it, it's so rare to get the Detroit situations with Sam Laporta where they just hit the ground running. I mean, you can, you go back and look at Kelsey's early numbers or Kittle or, you know, Trey McBride was the 55th overall pick, but you know, it took him till really week eight of year two, year two to kind of get going if you're one of these teams, like if you have the you know, the ability to to take that luxury, you're probably not picking in the top ten, right? Yeah. Um I, I mean that I don't know. That, that, that would be my mindset, but obviously I I still think he'll probably go top ten, but he'll be fascinating. I think there is some size
1: concerns that could really open things up and
0: how big of, I mean, it? so it seems like it's a bigger deal to you than the size.
1: Yeah, because he's a straight up inline tight end. Like, that's the profile. That's what's getting you excited. You know, it's uh, certain positions. The size is more of a requirement and certain profiles at certain positions even more so. So, yeah, I mean, I, I could see him, you know, like dropping out the top 20 if he really was like tiny for a tight end prospect like in the, you know, bottom 15 percentile of height and weight. Like, you know, like Trey, I there were some concerns at some point that he was small, then the measurements came in. He was plenty big enough, you know, um, probably on the smaller end, right? But like 40th percentile, maybe. Bowers does that. It's no problem. He's going top 10. He's going top 12.
0: Well, Trey's still like 6'5, I think. So, yeah, no, he is. So, yeah.
1: and I mean, I think he was still measuring in in the 250s, so like plenty big. And Gronk's just massive. So, we got to remember, he just looked like a very normal dude. He didn't look like a big guy that's going to go up. It was a very
0: against. alarming photo, it's and it weird. certainly changed my perception of like <laughs> him being like a monster, you know, for sure. Um, Another non attendee. Who seems to have lost some
1: ground? Sanders gained some ground. Mims lost some ground, and in general, circling back to the tight ends, very intrigued to see how the Broncos address that position this off season. Amarius the to. Georgia right tackle, tons of upside. Losing some ground to Tyler Guyton, Fuaga, and maybe even J.C. Latham, the other top right tackle prospects. Mims to me has the higher upside than all of them, but as weird in all o-line prospect as we have ever seen because the kid barely has 10 starts to his name um with the injuries piling up this year but yet still declared and i think still goes round one it just seems like he's going lower half because he is purely a gamble on upside with how little he played at georgia
0: tell you this as a bama guy if you if i could you know alter the rosters like we're playing NCAA football back in the game and just swap J.C. Latham for a Mims, I would have. Yep. I like that. I like that. I mean, so, his upside
1: size length kind of stands out above the rest. Guyton has that going for him, um, but similar profile. It's more upside for the Oklahoma right tackle just as well.
0: I think Mims has shown more in game. I know it's only 10 games, Mm -hmm. but those games he played, he he played so well. And and Guyton was great at the senior bowl. He he made himself a lot of money. But I'm with you. Like Mims would be the guy that I think, especially if like that, you know, around 20 range, if he were to fall to there or 15 even, like I think he's worth the the gamble because his ceiling is probably offensive tackle one.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. It's a fine offensive line class, man. It really is. Um, and I just think there's a lot of depth. And I just come back to a lot of this. Get ready,
0: experience. Broncos fans. Because yeah. they yeah. it's going to be an O-line heavy draft. And honestly, the, the prospects kind of justify it. I know it's not 100%. flashy. I know it's not fun. But that's how you rebuild a, a team. So let's let's finally do this the right way. And how they rebuild that O-line is going to be a really
1: interesting one. So... Um, all right. Shrine standouts, other, uh, senior bull risers or what have you that we might not a touchdown now that we've kind of gone through some stock up, stock down and, uh, draft related questions post all-star games.
0: Uh, we mentioned him briefly last week, but I think Roman Wilson has, has really elevated his stock yeah. out of Michigan, yeah. um, at great... Adam end of the first, I think it's going to happen. He moved
1: really well. Him and Quino Mitchell, he's one of the few guys who gave Mitchell issues. Um, and he just looked really sudden. He's got decent size. So, yeah, no, you're right, man. I think you're absolutely right. I just watched that J.J. McCarthy tape, and I do not like Roman Wilson. He just seems to drop a lot of stuff. But that's that passing game, right? It was hard to get in rhythm, and we talked about it last week. So uh, I think I'll have to go back to the tape on this one.
0: I, I am still with you. I still would be a little bit hesitant. There are a lot of receivers I like more, but he did have a good week. Um No, he really where are you at with Lad McConkie? I, um, it's kind
1: of seemed as advertised day one and then underwhelmed from there. Lots of like slipping and, you know, not, not like getting open and just murdering guys the way we thought. I, uh, I was underwhelmed. I was underwhelmed. I always thought the like top five wide receiver in this class stuff was a little rich.
0: And it, I yeah, especially it, it's think been greatly out. exaggerated since the beginning. He's For a great sure. player knows how to get open. At least yep. he did at Georgia. Um, but you know, I, I also think it's easier to get open when your offensive line yeah. gives the quarterback all day. <laughs> There's great receivers out wide. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I he, like McConkie too, but there are a lot of people that talk about him as like a fringe, like second round pick, you know. Right? You know, well, I, I just think, don't see it. I think maybe thought he
1: was maybe a little bigger than he actually measured in, and I mean, you see him compared to guys like Roman Wilson, it's like, oh yeah. I mean, there's plenty of dudes like that, you know. Um, and like Malachi Corley is someone I take over him. Roman Wilson might be someone you'd consider. Um, Brendan rice probably flashed more and is bigger. And then there's a ton of wide receivers who were not the senior bowl have way more upside. Right. So I think it's hard. It's going to be, he's a fringe top 10 wide receiver in this class. Forget top five.
0: What about Tez Walker coming out of UNC?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's got a, he's had a nice, uh, career, had a really nice season at UNC. Uh, he had a disastrous week, so he, he didn't help himself and separate at all. And, um, you know, it's tough. It's just a loaded group. But I frankly came away with very few guys at the wide receiver position really highlighting their
0: their stocks aside from the few we just mentioned. How much of that do you put or at least do you factor into not having quality quarterback play?
1: I take it I'm really just picking your brain right now. No, no, totally. I, I take it into consideration with guys like Jacob Cowing, who got open early and often, but then a lot of the throws were behind or like kind of some weird drops. And how much of that did impact, that impact Tez Walker, who had a lot of drops in Mobile, but that's not really part of his scouting profile. Um, so uh, somewhat, but you know, like guys like Xavier Leguette, who measured in smaller, dro- had a bunch of drops, didn't look explosive. I, he like tanked his stock, you know, um cowling again, like a guy I was pretty excited about just wasn't very competitive at the catch point. you know it's great you're winning at the stem, but then you also got a finish place if you're not finishing
0: it's kind of for nothing. So the skill positions as a whole are kind of yeah, underwhelming. underwhelming. the underwhelming. offensive line drills were the most fun part well, of this hundred percent hundred percent
1: so um,
0: yeah, like I, I didn't come
1: away with a lot of guys uh impressing me what do you think of luke mccaffrey
0: i'm intrigued by him yeah i like he's a guy i would rather draft with a mid-round pick than taking lad mcconkey in the late second or third like if i could get luke mccaffrey in the fourth or fifth that would be way more intriguing to me good athlete nice hands he runs well he's still raw and it's it's so hard gauging. Like when you put on rice football and you see some of these people that he's going against, it's like, yeah, great catch. He must that dude. But it's like, I think I could have probably caught a football over some of these corners. So, you know, it's a little bit of a tough eval. I think he's a guy that this week was probably really big for him. Cause I, as Henry said last week, he just, he looked the part, you know, he looked bigger than I had in terms of my perception of him. He just, he, does kind of have those Ed McCaffrey mannerisms with the way he runs. He's a little bit he's a little bit more length than I thought, um, but I just think he's a guy that'll probably like come in and do all the right things, you know, special teams oh. and sure-handed, and if nothing else, is probably worth a roster spot. For
1: sure, I um I was pretty impressed by Louisville corner Jar- Jarvis Brownlee um junior. He had a great interception in the game and a really. Good return, but he was sticky, super competitive, kind of running routes for wide receivers. Really like agile and um and quick to turn, quick twitch. So he's a very intriguing guy. A bit smaller, but like five eleven, one eighty, so not minuscule. Um, very intriguing cornerback prospect.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, as far as the Shrine Bowl goes there wasn't a ton out there. there a, they need to get more clips out, man. The Senior Bulls kicking the Shrine Bulls ass in terms yeah, of the sure. the content available, but I did watch the game just because Mo Camara was in it and Down Holker and she goes a defensive heavy. Um, it, it, it was not a very fun watch if we're being honest, but just kind of from what I've read, it seems like Mo has been as advertised. I think he ran a faster 40 than I want to guess four, six, four is what I've read, which is great for him. Um, his his measurements came in nice. It's just going to be, you know, does he have enough traits as like a high end pass rusher to kind of jump into that? Like, you know, 50, 55 range where you're kind of like putting a guy like Jonah Ellis
1: yeah, I think the combine's going to be really important in separating the couple tiers we have in this edge class. And he factors in. And I mean, Holker getting some buzz. Kuiper brought him up several times on his recap show. And similar to what I was saying with Sanders, people benefiting from kind of this weaker tight end class. People want, teams want
0: receiving tight ends. And Holker does have that. I'm coming more around to the idea that he's going to go earlier than I thought because basically when he declared I you know and I like the guy a lot I think he was a huge loss for the CSU offense but you know he's not a freak athlete you know he's not going to like run a 4-5 a or, or something like that he just doesn't jump through the roof he's, you know, there, he's not a very good blocker but he does get open all the time he's very sure-handed he's yeah. one of those dudes that's going to interview well you know already married very humble kid like he, he's going to Pass all those tests. Yeah. But he's older too. That's another thing you got to factor. He's already 24 because he did the two year mission. But I think you like some of that too, you know, just in Mm -hmm. the fact that, like, like we said, he'll come in and be a pro. I I still think earliest I would see him going is like late fourth round. But sure. If I had to put a a pinpoint on it, I'd say probably more like six. But as we were talking about in the office, man, it's a shit show trying to project tight ends because it just takes one team. It's like you want to know what this guy as a pass catcher, we need him for the red zone. I'll take him in the you know late third, fine.
1: It's also one of those classes where like everyone's going to have completely different rankings after the top 2, you know. So it, it just takes one or two teams to be higher on Holker than the rest it makes way more sense to me why he declared
0: in. the more i dove into this tight end class than when it initially happened was, you know at first because i was like i don't know if he's you know well-rounded enough i think he could have benefited from you know another year become a more complete blocker but once you get past sanders man it's kind of just yeah yeah they're all right i guess yeah
1: no i mean like theo johnson has some upside from penn state but yeah it's uh
0: it's not a particularly
1: deep class. So, um, another standout for me was Evan Williams, the safety from Oregon. I've liked him all Former season. Fresno state guy. He was yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. I've liked him all season. He's really,
0: he's physical man. And he's, he's a guy that can come downhill in the run game and make an impact for you. Yeah. He was a ball hawk more so for Fresno state than he was at Oregon, but that some of that was what they were having him do schematically. Yeah. But yeah, he's a, he's really versatile. He's a guy I, I would, where where do you see him going? Maybe like third round. Yeah, I think he he could sniff the top hundred, but definitely the top one twenty.
1: You know, third fourth. Um, and yeah, I mean he's a reliable cover two guy who checks off a lot of boxes. He can be a reliable last line of defense, and you don't hate him in the box. He has decent instincts. Can even do some stuff like uh, matched in zone and like the the slot. You know, covering the slot or what have you. So, um, no, I
0: really like because need a safety. He feels like a great fit. Hundred percent,
1: hundred percent. So, those were kind of my final standouts there.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much good on the the Shrine Bowl. Spent more time on the Senior Bowl, but yeah, for sure. So now, I mean, player previews, and uh, we see what the off season brings
1: and what this combine brings because we have set it up to where some of these positions will really be. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get some final separation on on that end of things as we come out of Indy that's it for us natures of colorado thank you for presenting this here sponsor thank you j mike for making the time check out all that jake is doing we will be back next week as we did last week thursday at three live in studio interacting with you answering your questions really excited for what this draft season uh will bring and what we have in store on the content side so stay tuned thanks for tuning in have a great weekend